Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I'm so glad you're joining us for another Homecoming, and I hope you did your homework. Last week, we were looking at systems of oppression and the ways that they affect us. And also with your homework, you were to find someone of your background, a woman, person of color, a person with a disability or differently able, um, who you admire, who can be a source of inspiration. So I hope you did that. And I hope you told at least one other person about the person you identified. Because as we shared many times, we don't learn about marginalized communities in mainstream education. And so a way that you can resist is share the knowledge, spread the knowledge. All right, we are shifting now this week to talk about mourning the losses, mourning the losses. And so I want you to get into a comfortable position and just begin to focus in on your breath and coming home to yourself because one of the realities is we often keep ourselves distracted because we don't want to feel the pain. We often keep ourselves busy because we don't want to feel the pain. We often can cover the pain with loud laughter, loud voices, television constantly on, constantly on our phones, listening to a million podcasts until we fall asleep. So in order for me to get home, there is grief on the way. There is grief on the way. And it is not something I can jump over. It is not something that I can pretend is not there. It is something I have to acknowledge because on the journey back to myself, it requires me acknowledging the things I lost, the things that were taken, the things I gave away during my season of disconnection, during my season of emotional, spiritual homelessness. While you have been wandering around, while we wandered around, disconnected from ourselves, we lost some things. And that is a painful, painful reality. But to begin the journey home, it means I have to see those things clearly. Because a part of seeing them will be getting in touch with my motivation. We talked last time about how there can be uh, systemic benefits, institutional benefits to being disconnected from yourself. 
So why in the world should you do all this work? Why in the world should you not just continue on the path you're on? When you get to the place where you have given up so much or had so much taken and you recognize it's not worth it. I gave up me for what? I am no longer willing to exchange myself, my values, my integrity, my character, my safety, my mental health for the peace of anything, for a piece of a person, for a piece of some money, for some piece of whatever is being offered, it is not worth me. And when I get to that place, it's Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So you have to ask yourself, am I tired of it yet? And it's for nobody else to tell you but you. And we can all relate to moments when other people try to tell us stuff. But if we were not in a place of being ready to hear it, to receive it, or to act on it, then we got mad at them, or we ignored them, or we stopped spending time with them because we didn't want to hear it. So we have to, each of us, get to that decision point ourselves. Nobody else can tell you when you've had enough. And one of the painful things that I had to discover is when you have had a history of trauma, you have a high tolerance. There is a lot you can bear. You can endure, you can persevere, and you can hold it in. And some of us can do it with grace, where people interact with you and they have no idea the pain that you are in. We wear those masks well. And when I have a high tolerance for pain, I had to get to the place where I said, it's not that I can't take it anymore, it's that I choose not to. I can take it. I can endure. I can spend my life living as a fraction of the woman I am, but I choose not to. And so for some of us, we hit rock bottom. We're literally, you can't take it anymore. And for some of us, it's not rock bottom, it's a steady boil. That that hot water is steadily boiling your dreams, your hopes, your idea of yourself, and you wake up and say, I better get out of this pot. <laughs> I got, I look, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I was not created to live in this pot. And so on today, I want you to take an account. What did you lose? during this season of disconnection. The big one is time. We lose time living some other woman's life, some other man's life. We lose hope and get to that place of settling. Remember when you used to believe great things could happen? 
Remember that? Remember when you used to think like all things are possible? Remember when you had faith in God and yourself? In expansion beyond your current circumstance. And then as time passed, sometimes bitterness took over. And so not only did some of us give up on our dreams, but some of us shoot down other dreamers. How dare they try to dream? How let me give them a, a bullet of reality that that's not realistic. That's not possible. Get back down here in the ground with us. So we have lost time. We have lost dreams and hopes. We also, in that time of disconnection, lose our voice. When you no longer speak up for yourself, when you no longer advocate for yourself, when you get to that place of anything goes, then along with voice, we can also lose our self-respect. Because you never thought you would get to a place so low. Never thought you would get to a place where the unacceptable was acceptable. And then you find yourself in circumstances that are well beneath the vision you had for yourself. Not only that, we can lose relationships because we are disconnected from ourselves. We're not operating from a place of honesty. We're not operating from a place of truth. We are operating out of our wound. And when I am operating out of my wounded place, it is very hard to maintain friendships, relationships. And when I have let my wounded self my disconnected self choose my relationships or my friendships, then I have also lost my ideas of what is possible. So remember when you used to think real friends would treat you <laughs> consistently with love and esteem and honesty? Remember when you used to think that a relationship with someone who honored you was possible? Remember before, before we descended to the place of, well, everybody's going to be terrible, so let me just hold on to the terrible. Well, everything is going to be horrible, so let me just hold on to the horrible. When we lose connection with ourselves, we also can lose our sleep, we can lose our appetite, we can lose our health. Can I tell you the truth that stress shows up in your body? Even when you're saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, but our bodies are telling a different story. Can I tell you, even your teeth will tell on you? I mean, even your gums will tell on you. 
that that backache is telling you something? In psychology, we understand there are different ways that we show distress. And one of the ways that is common, especially for ethnic minorities, is something called a somatic complaint. A somatic complaint. And a somatic complaint is a physical symptom that has no medical explanation. It is your body revealing your stress. So some of us come from communities where it's not acceptable to name mental health issues, mental illness or distress. So we'll say, I'm not depressed, I have migraines. I'm not anxious, I'm nauseous. It's not bothering me, I just have insomnia. It's not bothering me, I just have body ache and back ache and muscle ache. My body, my body is telling the story. And so when we look at our physical health, what are the ways that stress has shown up in our bodies? Can I tell you, even children who grow up in very stressful environments are at higher risk of developing asthma? Do you understand that even our immune systems can break down? I went through a period where I was always catching colds. Always, just always, just always, just always. Because your body, your defense systems are depleted because we were not designed to live in vigilance. Our bodies were created such that in moments of crisis, we can rally ourselves and run on adrenaline. But some of us, as a result of exposure to multiple, multiple, high-risk, dangerous, stressful circumstances, have been living on edge, have been living waiting for the other shoe to drop, have been living from that place of constant alert, and the body cannot sustain that. And so after a season, our bodies start to deteriorate. They start to lose their functioning. And so uh, we have lost health. And then the obvious, many of us, well, two actually, uh, we lose finances. You lose money when you're disconnected to yourself because you're not in your place of wisdom, you're not in that place of knowledge, you're not in that place of planning, you're not able to operate at your best. So I was uh, working at a place where I was responsible for the trainings related to sexual harassment. And often I would see people who had been performing well on their jobs until the sexual harassment started. Once the sexual harassment started, they started coming in late, missing more days. They couldn't focus or concentrate because they're constantly looking for when is this person gonna come over or what are they about to do next? Or are they gonna come lean behind me? And so then their work uh, suffers. And then this same supervisor who harassed them writes them up and says they're not functioning uh, 
to the level of expectation. So we can also uh, look at the ways in which the times that I was forced to disconnect from myself, how did it affect my work trajectory? And for those who are students or were students who never finished, how did it affect me academically? And this is a common impact that people often don't recognize. Trauma affects your ability to concentrate and focus. And so when I am what some people would say as an insult, they would call it all over the place. When I keep forgetting things, when I can't retain things, it is not my level of intelligence it is that my brain is wired and working over time to make sense of the nonsensical. And so school can suffer, work can suffer, and that can translate to where we are in our lives. And let me offer to you, even those of us who have success, if you can imagine you did all of that with a traumatized brain, I mean, you did all of that living on edge. What if you did not have to expend all of that energy fighting through all of the cobwebs of your past, the cobwebs of your present? What if you were at home within yourself, that that energy could have been used for your dreams, for your hopes, for your visions, for joy, for play, for healthy relationships, for love. And so we mourn those losses, not only physical, not only financial, not only social, but psychologically being disconnected from ourselves can deepen our depression. It can make us more anxious and insecure it can increase our fears. It can increase our inability to trust ourselves and others. For some, it can even lead to suicidal thoughts. It can lead to addiction because I am trying to medicate the pain of my disconnection. I am trying to medicate the pain of my disconnection with a bottle with a puff, with penetration, I am trying to medicate my disconnection from myself. And then finally, what did it cost us spiritually? Spiritually, we have gifts, we have purpose, we have a soul walk. And when I am disconnected from me, I find spiritual practice unmanageable, unattainable. So what does that look like? You can go to spiritual services or workshops and everybody else is getting something out of it. <laughs> I mean, people are like, whoa, yes, that's amazing. And when you're disconnected from yourself, you're sitting there like, what? 
Like, first of all, you were daydreaming, so you didn't even hear what they were saying. And then even once you heard it, you couldn't really take it in because the negative self-talk is louder than anything that's being said. Or you go to a yoga class and it's hard to even meditate uh, because all of the other things are bombarding you. And so how has your spiritual practice, spiritual growth suffered as a result of being disconnected from yourself? Once I take all of those things into consideration, I can grieve that not because I'm going to stay stuck there, not because I'm going to beat myself up, but to grieve it because one, it is truth. And healing requires truth telling. Some people can't sit with your pain and they want you to hurry up and get over it because they're uncomfortable. And so how can somebody grieve if people are constantly saying, look on the bright side, or there's a message in this, or the point of this, this was a test from God to see if you're strong and to see how strong your faith is. So all of that kind of silencing is not healing. The only thing it communicates is this is not a safe person for me to tell my truth. It doesn't make the pain go away. It just makes me know even in their presence, I must mask it. So I want you to know on today, while I am not physically with you, I am emotionally and spiritually with you. And there is full permission. And for you to give yourself permission to acknowledge the pain, to acknowledge the regret, to acknowledge the losses. And the ways that shows up in your physical body may be with tearfulness. The ways it shows up in your body may be with shallow breathing. So even in this moment, I want to encourage you to take breath. It may show up in your muscles being tight. It may even show up with you saying, I don't want to hear this. Let me go to a more upbeat episode. Oh, because we don't like to sit with it. We don't like to sit with it. But I want you to know, as long as you run from your pain, it will always overpower you. It is only when you discover that you can feel it and not be drowned by it. You can feel it and still breathe. That running and distraction are not healing. So I have to face it. And as I face it, I give myself permission to say the truth. The truth is that hurt. The truth is I'm disappointed. The truth is I'm angry. The truth is I'm sad. The truth is I'm depressed. The truth is I don't like it. The truth is the state my life is in is nowhere near where I wanted it to be at this age. But I say to myself, now that I tell myself the truth, oh, I'm motivated. I'm motivated to get home to me. 
I'm motivated to get my stuff back. I'm motivated to get my life back, my concentration back, my dreams back, my expectations, my health back. I want to get my physical health back, my mental health. I want to get my prayer life back. I want to get my clarity back. Let me say this on these lines of all the things we want to get back. Let us no longer hide in confusion. Sometimes we give ourselves a pass by saying, I don't know. What you think? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe you hide. We hide in confusion because confusion gives you permission not to act. Let's take at least the step forward of saying, I'm not confused, I'm afraid. Let's tell ourselves the truth. You already know. So we don't have to poll 10 more people. What you think, what y'all think, what y'all think? I don't know what you think. You don't, you don't need to do that anymore because you know, you have inner wisdom. There is a Swahili word, kajua, and kajua means remembering that which I already know. Remembering that which I already know. I activate the wisdom and knowledge that's already in you so we do not have to cling to confusion anymore. We can at least say, I know, but I'm not ready. I know, but I'm afraid. I know, I'm not sure the way out of this, but I know this is not it. At least, at least, at least, let's do that on today. So we grieve our losses. We take our time and give ourselves space for it. As we recognize what we lost, that also becomes our motivation. What are the things that are permanently gone, that are not coming back, that I need to grieve? And what are the things that I can retrieve? Because I want to tell you the hard truth. Some of our stuff we don't get back, right? The years and I know spiritually, you know, we'll talk about accelerating time and we can do something spiritually. But in terms of uh, that year or those five years and you're mad that you stayed in that for five years or a year, whatever, like that, that it's gone. That time is gone. Right. So we can grieve the things we cannot get back. Grieve the people we cannot get back. And then recognize there are some things I lost that in their form or in a new form I can retrieve and so what are the things that are not in your hands now but are in your capacity to retrieve to pick back up starting with yourself when I get me back and let me say as I get me back because it's a continuous process because we're always growing and changing and evolving. So as I am getting myself back, I'm getting my poems back. I'm getting my dance back. I'm getting my appetite back. I remember one day a dear friend of mine uh, was over my house and she was upset about a breakup and uh, my mom had made dinner. And my friend said she didn't want to eat. She was upset about this breakup. 
And my mom said, don't you ever let a man take your money or your appetite. You better sit here and eat this food. (laughs) So I don't know what your broken heart has taken from you. But I do know that there is a whole wide world that is yet available to you. And most importantly, for you to become available to yourself. Will you open yourself to receive yourself? Will you open your heart, mind, and spirit to no longer live shut down? Will you awaken to the truth that I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and I'm coming for my stuff? There is a traditional song that says, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what they stole from me. Because ain't no devil in hell going to walk on me. And some people will say, well, the enemy is not without. The enemy is within. And all of us have aspects of that in ourselves. I want you to know whatever and whoever took from you, including you, that you can make up your mind today. One thing, one thing that you are going to retrieve one thing that you're going to get back and you may say it may take years but i'm going back to school i'm going to get my degree i'm not sure how but i'm going to get up out of this place and um some people you lost your children made some decisions children taken away and there are classes you have to go to in order to go and get your kids back or to try to build that relationship, or to ask for their forgiveness. For some of us, it is ourselves that I make up in my mind, I'm going back for me. I no longer want to live as a caricature. I no longer want this costume, or this mask, or to live up on this stage of other people's imagination. I will no longer be an object or subject to other people's design for my life. I take the script that has been handed to me that does not fit in my mouth or my spirit and I return it to sender and say, that's not me. I will no longer let words come out of my mouth that don't match my spirit. I will no longer entertain anything that requires me to be something I am not. I make a radical revolutionary decision that I'm coming for my stuff and no devil in hell is going to keep me from me, is going to keep me from me. So on today, As you grieve, as you mourn, as you tell yourself the truth, after all you have lost, let your soul tell your heart, mind, body, spirit, welcome home.